When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 3, Episode 20, Chapter Titled. I never sang for my legal guardian. What? What a long title. What a statement that title makes. Yeah, it doesn't even... What's it called? I didn't write it down because it was too long. I never sang for my legal guardian. What in the world? I know. No, I didn't read that. You told it to me. So you could have been telling me some bonkers off the wall thing. I I would have had no idea because I never read it. I was just like, what's this one called? And you were like, I never sang for my legal guardian. So I wrote it down and like it could have been. And you didn't question me? I trust you full heartedly. I'm very tired. But you're not a liar. No, but I, I do want to check and make sure that I wasn't wrong. Like, what if I just read something on the screen? Because now that I say that out loud and you didn't check, I'm not sure. Okay, then fact check us All right, right tell, now. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh-huh. While I do that, what have you been up to, dear? Um, Just, you know. Oh, hey, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. We're married. We do a podcast about Boy Meets World. Tanya, what have you been up to, dear? Um, Well, I've been surviving and thriving and... um. Well, watching Trolls World Tour, and I have, uh, I loved the first Trolls so much. Like, it was an obsession for me. I did daycare, and, like, we watched it and danced to it and enjoyed it just constantly. So I was very, very excited to watch Trolls World Tour last night, and that was a really fun thing. Confirmed. It is called I Never Sang for My Legal Guardian. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Okay. On this Easter Saturday, we are thanking God that it was actually called. I never sang for my legal guardian. We thank whoever and whatever and wherever and whenever. And I'm pretty sure your stomach noises are coming through on the microphone. <laughs> I ate a lot of candy bars. That's probably it. Um. So is that what you've been up to? Is I mean, it? well, there's that and uh, I don't know. Like I dug out a whole nother garden area again. Just just keep on digging up the yard. Yep. And I've got potato sprouts. Yep. It's They're very cute. She posted that on Instagram. Go like them because I'm the only one who has so far. That's not true. <laughs> you weren't even the first. Um, I like to put my plants on Instagram and it's probably annoying to people, but I don't care because I get so excited. I put, we ate salad that I grew today and... That's what we had for dinner. That's what we had for dinner. Salad that I grew. Like the salad greens and kale and radishes, just all from my garden that we ate. We ate it. It's exciting. It's very fun. That's what I've been doing. What have you been doing? Well, I took a whole bunch of boards apart for our chicken coop today. And I built a stand for our TV, which was a seventh grade shop level uh, mechanistry. Mechanic gree? He built something. I built it, and it's it wasn't hard, but I built it. Um, it what, what was holding our TV up previously? Oh, six mangas. Six Japanese manga. 
I'm very glad that they are no longer holding up the television because then I can reread them because it is my favorite series ever. It's, um, we, we put them, when we first got our TV, we put our TV on that just so that like there would be room underneath it for, um, the PlayStation because the PlayStation would cut off the signal for the remote. And then that, that TV died and we got a new TV. And then and that we still t- use Love Hina. And then that TV moved, and we got a new TV, and we still never changed our stand, which was six Japanese manga stacked on top of each other. Um, that's gonna be the name of my biography. Six Japanese manga stacked on top of each other. Uh huh. In a trench coat, <laughs> yeah. trying to get into an R-rated movie. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, I, I made a little thing. It wasn't much, but it's cute. Um, speaking of Japanese manga, I also got the new Persona Five Royal Edition, and I love it. So I'm playing Fire Emblem and that, and I just can't focus on both. And he's not playing Animal Crossing now. Oh, I am he's a little checking in. I'm checking in. I, that's what Animal Crossing turns into, like over over the course of of time. Like that's what Animal Crossing is supposed to be. Okay. Animal Crossing is not supposed to be a play it for eight hours game. Mm-hmm. That's just what everyone's been doing because mm-hmm. quarantine and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I um, have a problem in that, like, I want to play all of the video games. Like, I really, really, really wish I was one of those people. Um, Tanya just tried to subtly burp. And I couldn't not say anything. I'm very unprofessional. But I didn't even burp. I didn't even come out of my mouth. I did like a really hard hiccup that hurt really bad in my esophagus. She made like um, like a sad frog face. <laughs> so you can imagine why I couldn't just keep talking about my video games. But real quick, now I feel like I've gone on too long. I wish I was one of those people who could only play like one type of game because... They can, they can get the new Madden every year and just be happy. I just I want to play all Persona Five Royal, Final Fantasy Seven Remake just came out. Um, I don't know Animal Crossing, uh, Last of Us Two is about to come out. Well, no, it's not. I got delayed. Say, is it really? Because I thought it got delayed it, again. It did get delayed. I forgot. It was still in my mental roll decks. Mm. Um, but we we have that problem with everything. All the time. Like, That's true. We want to read all the books. We want to read all the comics. We want we want to read all the manga. We want to watch all the shows. We want to watch all the movies. We want to listen to all the podcasts you and cro- audiobooks. You I want to crochet everything. Yeah. I want to plant everything. I've got so many seeds, and it's not like there's no way I could plant all of them this year. It's not a possibility, but I want them all. Yeah, we're, we kind of always want it all. Like, we don't want everything, but... If we like something, we want all of that thing. Right. Um, oh, we also... What? We, we also... We did um, a social distanced Easter. Easter with my parents And we're doing another one morning. tomorrow. Yep. Uh, my mom and stepdad, uh, they hid eggs all over their property before we got there and then sat like really far away from us they while the kids chairs that were about 12 feet apart yeah um put a fire in their fire pit and because it was chilly this morning really chilly and and then we did like a little easter and it was really really sweet it was a really really nice time it was very nice it was very sweet um and it's it's just it's weird that 
Um, first off, it's weird that this kind of is the way things are right now. Mm-hmm. It's weird that we've adapted so quickly. And it's also weird that there are other people out there that still aren't. Like, it's so doable. Right. Like, there was no, not even a little bit of a chance that anybody could have passed any type of disease to anybody else in the situation that we were in. Right. And I'm still seeing pictures of everyone getting together with people like in close proximity, which I understand that your natural instinct is to get together with family on a holiday. And you want to say like you, it feels weird. Like I had to text my mom and say, Hey, when we're over there for real, like we can't come come up to you. The kids can't hug you. And this isn't like, this isn't towards you. This is because we want to keep you safe. Right. Um, and so there is that kind of like weird conversation you have to have where you right. feel bad, but we got to stop spreading the disease or the, right. the virus. Right. Like we're not going into each other's houses or right. anything. Everything is outside, um, far apart. Like, you know, our our kids can't hug anyone. It's very, very hard on them. Like it's actually almost tearing them apart more than if we were just staying home. Yeah. Because their instinct is to, like, love on their grandparents. Aubrey but, was very upset that she couldn't hug her grandparents this morning, so she hugged me and Tanya and yeah. pretended like we were them. And Finley, Finley did that later. He just came over and kept hugging me, and I think Caden hugged their dog. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was, it's really, really difficult, but they're very fortunate that their grandparents are understanding and accommodating and will do things like that so that they can still see them from afar and it was really nice and i'm looking forward to seeing your parents tomorrow from afar as well and furthermore through all of that like we're fortunate that hopefully everyone will stay safe around us like and if anyone does get sick they're not passing it on to everyone else right I had a conversation after we did our thing today with someone that bothered me. And it's just like, why aren't people paying attention? Right. Anyway. Um, uh, I guess blurred me up because oh. we also watch Boy Meets World. We which, did. Which, which is what I always say. We also watch Boy Meets World. Which we did differently this week. We did do it differently. I hope that doesn't show I in our preparation. I feel so much more enthusiastic about this episode because I only watched it once. We only watched it once, and... We watched it once and took notes, and that was it. Like, we didn't watch it and then watch it and take notes, which is what we usually do. But hopefully it was still enough that we can guide you on this journey. Yeah, I wish we hadn't even brought that up. Why? Because now I feel like it, it will make people go... Oh, this wasn't oh, as good. <laughs> oh, I don't like the way this sounds. I bet that's because they only watched it once. They're not... You're overthinking it. It's fine. I bet I'm not. I don't think you are. I mean, I I do think you are. I think you're overthinking it because I don't know how many times I've sat and said, oh, I didn't even take notes. Or like for the whole first season, you didn't even take notes. And nobody cared. Like, it was fine. Okay. We love you all. <laughs> uh, Tanya, blur me up. Okay. The blurb for season three, episode 20, I Never Sang for My Legal Guardian is... Sean's persistence in finding his dad pays off. That blurb was shorter than the episode title. Yes. Um, so, hey. Hey, uh-huh. hey, Tons. Yep. Hey, Tonbon. Yes. <laughs> Aldo, Aldo. Blurb me up. 
I just did. I mean, classroom or not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we only watched the episode once. I forgot what to say. Not. Correct, because we are in the hall. We are in the hallway. Sean is on the payphone. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to check his messages. He's trying to check his messages. He doesn't remember the secret code to get into the messages. And as Mr. Turner's walking out of the principal's office... um. Corey says, oh, it's, I think it's 1434. And Mr. Turner says, how do you know my secret code? And Corey says, easy. It's the same as your bank code. (laughs) And then he goes, oh, by the way, I owe you $40. What? Yeah. Um, so anyway, Sean goes through the messages and he goes, that's another two weeks. I've gone two weeks now without hearing from, from my dad once. Um, I would just like to say two weeks. If he heard from him every two weeks, that's a lot. Is it? I mean, based on experience, yeah. You haven't heard from your dad in two weeks? Uh, Well, no, I have heard from my dad within the last week. But before mm-hmm. that, it was a long time. And, like, the boys haven't heard from their dad. Like, they hear from their dad, like, once a month, maybe. Um. But, anyways. Anyway. So. Um, but he wants to hear from his dad. He misses yeah. his dad. Um, so he's upset about it, and he's, he even mentions, like, the last time I heard from him, he was um, at a truck stop in Reading 100 miles away. Like, I'm not far. He could just come see 50. me. Oh. Okay. It was 50 miles away. I remember that because they said 50, like, a whole bunch. Okay. Um, and, like, so Sean storms off, and I, I don't remember how it came up now, but Mr. Turner says something, and Corey is like... Oh, no, it's just puberty. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says, he goes up to Mr. Turner. He's like, Mr. Turner, you have to do something about Sean. Like, it's it's getting really rough. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm doing everything I can. And Corey's like, I'm sure it's just puberty. And oh, yeah. Mr. Turner's like, you mean p- puberty? And he says something else. He, like, says it differently again. Yeah, he goes, yeah, puberty. Um. And so then Mr. Turner says, like, I think that, you know, we need more space and stuff. So I'm going to I I'm looking into bigger apartments for me and Sean. And Corey's like, oh, that's such a great idea. Yeah. And then. And then we're basically like in Jonathan's apartment. Sean and Jonathan are coming into the apartment. He's Jonathan right now because they're not at school. He's oh. only Mr. Turner when he's at You called school. him Jonathan just a minute ago at school. Oh, I thought I called him Mr. Turner. I, I'm trying to differentiate and I'm having a hard time. But they walk into Jonathan. I'm going to shove this pen up your nose. I'm glad you said nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they walk into Jonathan's apartment and he's like, Sean, how come you didn't like any of the apartments that we looked at? And Sean's like, I loved the duplex at the condo center i liked that one a lot why didn't you like that one and mr turner's like oh i mean jonathan jonathan (laughs) (laughs) jonathan is like um that one was way way too much and Corey comes in he's like guess what i was able to talk them down in price and they threw in carpet and he opens up this book full of carpet samples and he's like i recommend the shag because it feels nice between your toes Um, classic Corey. so as they're talking 
um, Sean explains like, I love this apartment and I love it here. Like, why do we need to move? I love it here. Um, I love the people like the neighbors kind of just like leave you alone. They barely even look at you. And then the door opens and Eli is like backing in and he's like, all right, all right, all right. And they're like, what's going on, Eli? And he goes, oh, uh, you remember Miss, Miss Dupchek when her husband died and she said she'd never look at another man. She lied. She's over him. And Mr. Turner, I'm sorry, Jonathan, <laughs> goes, uh, come on, Eli, what's the big deal? You could you could do worse than Miss Dupchek. In fact, I've seen you do worse than Miss Dupchek. But they sit down and they kind of like talk and Eli's like, "What? Uh, the, the apartment's really going to miss this wit. By the way, when are you moving out? And Mr. Turner says, yeah, whenever Sean finds a place he likes. And Sean... Puberty hits him because Puberty he just him. he's just like, well, if you guys are going to just sit here and talk about me like I'm not here, guess I'm just going to leave and not be here and like storms out of the apartment. It was very odd. Puberty is tough. Puberty is so tough. Class, puberty is tough. We know that puberty is tough. We do know puberty is tough. We're going through it now. We are. We're going through yeah. puberty. My voice still hasn't cracked yet. Like, I'm still waiting for my deep voice. <laughs> uh, uh, go. So, Sean leaves, and Corey starts... Corey's like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about him. I thought that the condo center was great. And let me tell you about the linoleum. So, like, he's trying to sell them on this condo center. Well, he thinks it's a great idea that... Uh, Mr. Turner wants to get a bigger place for him and Sean. Right. He just thinks Sean doesn't realize that yet. Right. Um, but so we cut to the hallway at school and Eric is bounding down the stairs and Mr. Feeney is like, oh, it's nice to see a senior finally have some enthusiasm. What class are you skipping towards? It's lunch. Yeah, it's lunch. He's Mi- like, if you, if you um, would just use that same enthusiasm for your class, you would get better grades. And Eric was like, um, if they serve me mashed potatoes, then I might do that. And Mr. Feeney's like, noted, but on the same note, uh, remember remember your history test, uh, here you go. And it's a D plus. And Eric's like, where did I go wrong, Mr. Feeney? And he says, probably <laughs> when you took that dryer ride in fifth grade. Um... And so Eric is like, uh, okay, um, this is messing up my average. I've been working really hard for what can I do to bring this up? And Mr. Feeney goes, have you ever heard of tutoring? And Eric was like, yeah, but all of the tutors got together and decided that they were not going to tutor me anymore. Probably because he slept with all of them. Yeah, I'm thinking that's probably it. So Mr. Feeney says, no, you need to tutor this football player mm-hmm. he's he's having trouble but he's got all of these scouts trying to get him to their colleges but he has to have a c average so i need you to tutor him and eric says oh that's really funny mr feeney when did you take your uh dryer ride mm-hmm. yeah and um mr feeney says no you you just need to help him learn so he can bring his grade up. This there's, there's a lot in this for you. And Eric says, oh, because he's going to become a big star. He's going to get drafted. He's going to go to college. And he's going to go into the play professionally. And make and lots of money. Make lots of money. And then he'll give me some, right? And Mr. Feeney goes, no, you're gonna, you're gonna, just going to do it to help him. And he goes, 
You just do it for the joy of learning? Like, what's what's the fun in that? And Mr. Feeney goes, yeah, well, you get used to it. <laughs> um, but then it, it pans over to Corey and Sean talking. Yeah, and they've been really consistent with the locker placement over the past few episodes. Sean's at his locker. Corey bounds around the corner. And he's just like, hey, Sean, did you give any more thought to that uh, duplex what? at the condo? What other podcasts can you go to to hear about locker placement? You know what? It's like, important. It is. This is what we do. You're welcome. Who? Them. Who's them? The people listening. Oh, that's right. I don't know why I pretended like I didn't know anybody was listening. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. either. So what What happens? Uh, locker placement? So uh, Corey's like, hey, have you given any more thought to the duplex? Because um, I was on the phone with the property manager this morning and he said that he can give us another half a day to make up our minds that if you don't make up your mind by then, he can't keep this deal in motion. Like, but it's really good. And I think that you should go for it. And Sean's like, no. And Corey's like, come on. Like, it's a really good deal. Go ahead. And Sean (laughs) says that he, he just wants... He's tired of moving around. He's bouncing around from place to place. He wants this last move to be, or he wants his next move to be his last move, and it needs to be perfect. Fair enough, Sean. Yeah, um, and he's just not sure about how that's going to work with Mr. Turner. And Corey says, "Sean, I don't understand. Like, Mr. Turner's doing this for you. Like, he wants to do this to help you. He's been a great friend to you." And Sean's like, "Yeah, exactly. He's just my friend. Like." He's not my parent. He's just my friend. I'm going to play sad music and, and we, we fade to black. This was a very, very perfect placement for that music. Yes. Right here. Yep. Um, and then we go back to Mr. Turner's apartment. Um, Mr. Turner's talking to Eli. Eli's well, eating sorry, tank. Sorry. Jonathan. Yes. Eli is sitting at the bar eating tang chicken and uh, they're talking. Remember when everyone talked about tang a lot? Remember when Tang was like really a thing? Yeah. I have so I have this thing in the cabinet that my mom gave us that her mother-in-law uh-huh. gave always gives to them and it's Tang mixed with like spices and stuff and you're supposed to drink it hot or put it on chicken. Or put it on chicken. So, anyway, uh they Eli says, you know, what's got what's what's into you right now? Because Mr. Turner's act or Jonathan's acting weird. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I just got off the phone in 48 hours. I will officially be Sean's legal guardian. Um, and Eli's like, it's about time. He's like, yeah, I know. It was just we weren't sure what was going to happen. And, you know, he basically says things have been up in the air, um, but it's going to be official. And Sean comes in and Eli gets up and he's just like, something like this could change your entire life. And then like leaves. Yeah. And Sean's like, what was he talking about? That's some shit to drop Eli on your way out the door. Yeah, he... For a teacher has no tact whatsoever. Or this is his thing. Like, that's what we always see him doing. He's always instigating. That's true. Yeah. That he, is true. He's just trying to spice up Jonathan's life so that he can watch. Oh. Always. It's what he's always doing. He did it with the with the ex-girlfriends. Yeah, but it's really wrong to put a kid in that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't have a reason for that. I'm just saying. 
you're saying the truth. I didn't even think about it. And you are correct. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Sean's like, what are we talking about here? And um, well, first he goes through the mail and he's like, oh, got a letter from my dad. Still at that place in Reading. 50 miles away. Could have come to visit me and then tosses the letter in Without the Without even opening it. And Mr. Turner's like, why did you do that? Yeah. I, I was too loud. But anyway. It'll be fine. Yeah, somebody will edit it. <laughs> um, and Sean's like, it doesn't matter. It's whatever. And Mr. Turner says, like, hey, weren't you supposed to have dinner at the Matthews tonight? And he was like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it. Um, and Jonathan basically says, like, he has a date. And Sean's about to head out the door. He's like, I'll find somewhere to be or whatever. And uh, Jonathan says, oh, hey, like, I talked to an attorney. Uh, and in two days, I will be your legal guardian. And Sean was like, I thought you already were. And Mr. Turner says, or Jonathan says, <sighs> the worst thing he could Ever. have said. Yeah, like, oh my goodness. He did. He 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 was his own Eli right here. Mm-hmm. Like he made his own bed. Yeah. Um. He says, I got the paperwork a couple months ago. I just didn't get around to filling it out until just now. Ugh. My heart hurts so bad. And Shauna's like, didn't get around to filling it out. I'm sorry I didn't fit into your schedule and runs out. Well, and he says, like, this is my life. Like, this isn't just like, ooh, I I forgot. Like, it's his life. And it's true. Yeah. Like, that is, that was not great, Jonathan. Not great, Jonathan. Now we cut the chubbies. Chubbies and Eric is sitting there tutoring um, whatever his name is, the jock. Jeff? I don't think so. I think Was it's it? Jeff. Okay, maybe it was Jeff. Jeff the Jock. Jeff the Jock. JJ. Yeah. JJ Abrams. Watt. Oh, we went two different ways with that. You got all nerdy <laughs> and I got all sporty. Who would have thought? Um, so he's trying to tutor him and he's talking about like Louis the Fourteenth. He's like, who was king before Louis the Fourteenth? And he's like, ooh. And Eric goes, I'll give you a hint. It's Louis the... And he goes, King? And so... Eric is very frustrated. He's very frustrated. A couple girls come by and start flirting with the, with Jeff the... JJ. They want to go Double for J, a Jeff ride in, in JJ's Porsche. Be my baby tonight. It's an old <laughs> Jeff Jarrett song from wrestling, except... Jeff Jarrett wasn't actually singing it, and that was the whole story. Like, it, uh-huh. he was Millie Vanillying his own song. I remember being fascinated with that when I was a kid. Anyway, so two girls. Two girls. They want to ride in the Porsche. And Eric is like, no, we have to study. And it doesn't matter. Four people can't fit in a Porsche anyway. And JJ is like, they can if they sit on your lap. And Eric's like, break time. And off they go. Yep. Up the steps, out the door, into the Porsche, having a great time. We don't know that. Yes, we do. Except when we cut to the Matthews kitchen. Because Eric is coming in and he's like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. No, he says, what a waste of a night. Oh, that's right. He says, what a waste of a night. I just spent three hours riding around town with in a Porsche with a girl on my lap. And Alan goes, I hate, oh, it, when I hate it when that happens. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, And... He explains what he's doing, like he, that he was hired or he was 
told by Mr. Feeney to be a tutor. And they're like, what? what? What's going on here? And... And Amy says, like, I'm very proud of you and stuff, but I'm also very confused. And um, then the door busts open and Sean walks in and he's like, oh, uh, Amy and Alan, hey, can you guys leave? And they go, no. Um, And Corey's like, we can go outside. And so they go out back and... um, And Sean goes, well, now that you got rid of your parents. And Corey says... Um, hey, no, Sean says, what are you doing later? And Corey says, oh, I got to go check out that three bedroom in the city at 730. So he is a realtor now. Yeah. And I think it suits him. Maybe. I really do. But Sean goes, cool, so you're free later. And he says, yeah. And he says, okay, cool. We're going to go meet up with my dad. He's at that truck stop. It's only about an hour away on the bike. And Corey says, I'm in, uh, but can Mr. Turner fit us both on the bike? And Sean says... No, it's just going to be us on a motorcycle at 15 years old. Uh huh. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that is what we thought. I mean, and that's that was it. Like, it, they didn't even like expound on that. They just played music and uh, no, no, no. Sean goes, come on, what could go wrong? And then it cuts. Well, and Corey, just to be clear, Corey says, nope, not doing it. Oh, he, yeah. He's like not doing it. And Sean's like, oh, come on. What's the worst that could happen? And then you do that cuts like to zip around. To a cord dropping into a payphone and a and cop saying, you get one call. And Sean goes, you really say that? I thought it was just said like that on TV. So he calls someone. He does. So we cut back to Mr. Turner's apartment. And they're walking in because Sean Mr. Turner bailed Sean him out. and Jonathan are walking back mm-hmm. in. And Mr. Turner, Jonathan, says, Ah, oh, great. What a great night. Dinner, wine, a little jail. Um, just what a what a perfect date, huh? And Sean's like, At least you got dinner. Yeah. And they start to argue about Sean being in jail a little bit and how he made a poor decision and Mr. Turner starts to get after him and Sean goes, yeah, well, um, you didn't fill out that paperwork for months. So what's it matter? And Mr. Turner is like, are we still on about that? (laughs) Yes, for forever. It's only been a few hours. Yeah. Jonathan. Well, I mean, it could have been like 24 hours. Like he could have still he could have said that on a Friday and then Saturday night was when Sean decided to take the motorcycle also. But you dropped that line. I couldn't get around to it. You get about a week of mad, I think. You you get a long time of mad, yeah. especially with a 15-year-old. Oh, like, yeah. I'm 35. I would be mad at that for like a year. Mm. A 15-year-old, that's trauma for the rest of his life. Yeah. He doesn't matter to this guy in his own head. Like, that is enough for him to feel like he truly does not matter. He is not important. And that is trauma for the rest of his life. Maybe. Mr. Turner is the real puberty in this situation. Maybe the puberty was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I'm sorry I spit in your face. It's okay. It's just social distancing. And the only thing that we can't do right now is, you know, saliva. Should we Should we be wearing masks while we record? Oh, probably. Oh. Um. Next week, stay tuned to hear us muffle talk through our masks. For that audio, audio experience. Um, we'll Skype. <laughs> from the kitchen and our bedroom. Um, anyway, what were you going to say? 
Uh, I was going to say that... They're arguing about stuff. Sean's mad for years. Oh, yeah. He has every right to be. Uh-huh. Um, and he basically is just like, you didn't do this. I'm not important to you. Stop acting like I'm important to you. And Mr. Turner's like, I had... So, so through this, Sean is begging to be told that he is important. And instead, yeah. Mr. Turner... Jonathan, whoever the hell he is, is like, oh, well, guess what? My life sucks right now, too. Yeah. Wrong thing. Yeah. He's like, do you understand how hard it was for me to take in a 15-year-old? And, like, I get it. We've all said things to our children, like, in the heat of the moment that we shouldn't have that could cause problems. But... Yesterday, Tanya said, I didn't even want you. <laughs> to you? <laughs> yeah, to me. <laughs> Puberty's hard. So, um... But... This was terrible. And, you know, he says, like, I've had to uproot everything and change my whole life to take care. I was single and just, like, dating and, like, doing the thing. And it then, was bad. And then you came along. I wasn't planning for this, but I did it anyway. Like, So Sean doesn't say this, but basically what happens is, fuck this, I'm out. Which I would be, too. Oh, me, too. So he leaves. You It cuts now to the Matthews house, and Sean has, is carrying a box of stuff and opens the front door, and he goes, good news, Cor, and Cor go, Cor, Corey goes, <laughs> Alden's good friend, Cor says, Corey says, uh, there's no good news before I have my grape nuts in the morning. <laughs> so it's the next morning. Yeah. And um, Sean's like, I need you to hold on to some stuff because I'm moving. And I'm, I, just until I settle down, and then I'll come back and pick up my stuff, Corey's like, where are you moving? And he's like, back to the trailer park. And With Corey's, Uncle Mike. Well, Corey says, like, oh, did your dad find your mom? Oh, yeah. And move back? And he's like, no, I'm going to go stay at Uncle Mike's. Why do you remember more stuff when we only watch it once? Because we just watched it and did this, and I wasn't checked out. I start to check out if I watch it twice. Wow. Wow. Mr. Turner's here. Mr. Turner's here, and Tanya's admitted that she has more important things to do than sign your papers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I just, before this podcast, I was 35 years old, and all I had to do was crochet and garden all the time. And then we started this podcast, it just fell into my lap. And I wasn't expecting it. Now my whole life was uprooted now, over this podcast. Now we're a hundred. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love doing this podcast. The, it's my favorite. I love you guys. The Glass Cannon Podcast, one of my favorite things that that I listen to. Uh, they just did their second week of live shows where they like changed everything up because they can't be in person anymore. And it was they did like a. It was week two, mm -hmm. and Troy, the the host, goes happy twenty fifth. 25 year anniversary everybody because it feels like it's been 25 years it's that's accurate anyway um what were we saying um so sean's moving sean's moving back to the trailer park with uncle mike yeah and Corey's like a uh, bad idea what's wrong with like you should be with jonathan and mm. he's like no like he doesn't actually want me there he says i need to be with my family family is important to me right um and my family's at the trailer park so I need to be surrounded by my family and the FBI agents that are surrounding them. Which does sound safe. True. If are there there FBI agents surrounding Jonathan's home? I don't think so. That's true. Are 
Sean's family members still there? I don't know. Let's find out. First, though, let's go to the kitchen and see what's going on in there. All right, let's do that. What's going on in the kitchen? You don't remember? <laughs> I have to find um, my notes. Uh, Eric is walking in, and mm. um, Amy goes, hey, how's tutoring going? And he goes, nag, nag, nag. What are you, my mom? And she goes, yes, yes and, and it's a joy. What a joy it is. That was my favorite part of the episode. It was good. Amy and Alan were peak perfection. Um, and Eric is like, it's awful. Um, I spent all night trying to teach him, and he starts like naming off like actual history mm-hmm. historical facts which is the first time where you're like hmm i see what mr feeney did there and he goes but he didn't remember any of that you know what he said he said i can burp through my ears and um he says like all of these colleges want him maybe i need to figure <laughs> out something that i can do that's like a stupid talent maybe he's, i just don't know my full potential yeah he's like maybe i have some untapped talent let's see eric matthews apple he picks up an sink. apple and he throws it at the sink. He shoots and it just flies through the window and crashes all the way through. And Tanya lost her shit. And um, Alan goes, he pays for the window. <laughs> I lost my shit because it was completely unexpected. Like, I did not <laughs> think that apple was going through the window. It was it was a moment. So that happens. And then... <laughs> Corey walks in Corey- and he- comes in to ask Amy like hey so uh Eric's going to college soon and I might get lonely up there if if Eric isn't here so I was thinking of something we could do with that extra space and uh Sean could come stay with us because he needs a place to stay and Alan is like um we've been through this like I'm happy to have Sean here no you're not but he needs a permanent solution, and right. this and, isn't a permanent solution. And Amy's more the one that says, like, Sean is always welcome to be here. Like, that was never an issue. Um, which, for Amy, that's true. For Amy, it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they're they both like, but I the best place for him is with Jonathan. Like, it was going really well. Um, and Corey's like, well, it's he wants something more permanent and... He needs to be with his family. And they're like, hey, if he moves in here, it's still not permanent and he's still not with his family. Yeah. So they, Corey says, like, well, he's moving back into the trailer park. Um, and Alan says, well, has he consulted his father about this? And uh, Corey says, no. Like, why would he? And Alan says, um, I mean, if, if my son were moving, I feel like I would like to be consulted about this. So then we do another, like, flip around thing. Perfect. Perfect sound effect. And we see Topanga for the first time standing next to Corey in the doorway of a truck stop. Truck stop diner. Truck stop diner in Reading. And they're scared. And Topanga's like, uh, no, Corey says, Topanga, act natural. And she says, okay, but I'm not spitting. And there's a bunch of truckers in there, like the stereotypical trucker. Um, yes, very stereotypical, the same way stereotypically they're in the trailer park. Right. Like, it's the same stereotype. Um, and Topanga, like, turns around. She's like, maybe if we hurry up, we can catch the bus again. And Corey's like, no, we've got to find Mr. Hunter. So then they start looking for him. They start looking. They break up. Or they break up. They already did that. But they split up. 
they already did that too, where Topanga's looking in a different spot than Corey. Which is and, weird because she was just terrified. Yeah. And um, Corey's standing there looking around. He, he grabs the... He taps like one of the, the truck drivers playing pool. And he's like, "Have you? do you know Chet Hunter? And the guy turns around and chalks Corey's nose. And he's like, I, I was just thinking I forgot to do that before I left the house. <laughs> and from behind Corey, you hear a man and a woman fighting. And the woman is just like, look, you don't know how to treat a man. So I'm going to go find a man who... You don't know how to treat... <laughs> You don't know how to treat a woman. You don't know how to treat a woman. <laughs> so I'm going to go over here. I'm going to find a, a man who knows how to treat a, a lady. And then she walks over to Corey and she's like, you look like you know how to treat a lady. Come dance with me. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, As they start dancing and it's very like, she's like trying to seduce this child. She is. <laughs> it's weird. And Topanga walks up and is all pissed and... Which is also weird because they're not together. Um, and Corey, uh, she she says, uh, does she know anything, Corey? And Corey goes, it looks like she knows a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they argue a little bit. And the lady from the truck stop is like, do you want to take, do you want to step outside? And Tang is like, yes, actually I do. And they like walk out together, but sort to of peacefully. No, I don't think so. I think they were going out to fight. I don't think that Topanga would have actively gone out to fight. Because she was like, yeah, I do. Like she was into it. She wanted mm. to fight. And Corey got excited. He wouldn't have been excited if they were just going outside to talk. Corey he was also like, doesn't understand things very well. True. He was I like, think that we were supposed to believe that he thought they were going out to fight, but they were not going out to fight. Well, they didn't. Um, spoiler. So, but Corey starts to go follow after them because he's excited to watch the girl fight. And then Chet Hunter comes out in an apron because he works there. And he's like, hey, is that who I think it is? And Corey turns around and he goes, yeah, it's Corey Matthews. And he goes, oh, never mind. And Corey's like, no, uh, Mr. Hunter, I'm Corey, Sean's best friend, your son's best friend. And Chet's just like, oh, yeah, how is Sean? Do a Chet voice. No, you do it. I can, yo, yeah, uh, how is Sean? <laughs> you do it. No, I can't, but I don't want you to hurt your throat either, so don't do it anymore. What a sweetheart. I am such a sweetheart. So go on. Um, so Corey starts saying, like, what are you doing here? You've been here for a long time. Like, Sean knew that you were here because it's been a while and, and your letters were coming from here. And Chet's like, oh, I've got a whole bunch of parking tickets that I need to pay off. So I can't leave until I pay them off. And he's like, T- leaving to go to Sean? And he goes, no, to go find my lovely wife, whatever. And Melba Toaster. I don't think that was it. I don't remember her name. Um, And... She or he says that um, he's like, if if she wanted to be found, you would have found her. It's been a year. And Chad is like, you ever been married, Corey? And he goes, I'm 15. And he goes, ah, don't don't be so hard on yourself. You'll you'll find somebody. Um, and Corey gives a very impassioned speech to Chet about why Chet needs to be with Sean. And so this is the first time in this episode that we see someone take an hour of their time to try to convince this guy to spend time with his son. Yeah. Um, And Chet basically, I mean, Corey says, don't you miss him? Like, he misses you so much. And Chet says, of course I miss him. But 
um, he's in a better place right now. He's with he's with Jonathan Turner, and that's mm-hmm. the best place that he could be right now because you know I, I'm not the best dad. Which is true. That's accurate, except for the fact we'll get into it later. But but so Corey says like, come on, like if you love him, you need to come back for him. Like you need to see him. Um. And Chet's just like, well, I can't leave anyway. I've got all these parking tickets. He makes that very clear. He's not allowed to leave Reading until these tickets are paid off. Yeah, and as they're having that conversation, Topanga and the girl walk back in, and they're all buddy-buddy. And And the girl's like, so if I tease your hair up, you could be like five inches taller. And Topanga's like, yeah, okay. And she's like, yeah, you want me to do it? And she's like, yeah. And then, um, so Chet has walked away, and... Uh, Corey stands up and they're like, honey, you need to sit back down because you need another cup of coffee. This is going to take a while. So Ping is going to get her hair done. And now whoosh, we're in the hallway. In the hallway. And um, Mr. Feeney is walking up to Eric. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, Eric tries to stop him. And he's like, hey, before you grade the midterms. And Mr. Feeney goes, ah, but I've already graded them. And Eric is like, ah. He was like, I tried so hard. Like some people, you just, you talk and talk and talk and they just don't hear what you're saying. And some people are just a lost cause. And Mr. Feeney says, ah, but here's his paper right here. And he goes, you gave him a C plus? And he goes, no, you gave him a C plus. Ah. So good. And then he says, but I have your paper right here. And he hands him his test paper. And Eric starts to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, and like starts to make an excuse. And then he sees his paper and he's like, Mr. Feeney, you started writing something at the top and you didn't finish it. All you wrote is A. What's the rest? Mr. Feeney says, no, you got an A. And Eric just starts to lose it. Like, he's so excited. And Mr. Feeney goes... I was also internally losing it. And Mr. Feeney wouldn't let that happen because he says, come on, calm down. It's just one test. <laughs> he had exactly three seconds to celebrate before Mr. Feeney was like, hey, calm down. But then he does say, really good job. Yeah. He does. He's like... Amazing work. You did great. And You're wonderful. I'm so proud of you. But really, he just says it in teeny tiny words. And Eric says, oh, I see what you did. You had me tutor J- double J so that I could learn and get a better grade. So and, I would have to study. And then he like walks away. And he goes, and- you sly dog and walks away. And Mr. Feeney, like, as he walks away, he's like, oh, thank God that worked. <laughs> Uh, by the way, his name was Jeff, so you were right the whole time. I wrote it down on my last page of notes. So did I, but really? that's how I remember that it was Jeff was because it was like right before the episode was over during this part, I wrote Jeff, mm. but we just had it happen, so I remembered. So anyway, uh, Mr. Feeney's like, wow, I'm so glad that worked, and it cuts over to the jail again. Yeah, so we're at the jail, which at first, so I was confused. At first, I thought we were at a courthouse. I thought maybe it was the day that Mr. Turner was getting custody. Yeah. Because Sean was sitting outside in a chair and Chet comes out a door. So my instinct was I thought, oh my gosh, Mr. Hunter just signed his rights over to Mr. Turner. Oh. That's what I thought. 
because okay. it looked like sort of like an outside the courtroom like waiting area. But let's see if that's how this plays out. Let's see. Probably not if you nope. already said that's Mm-mm. what you thought. Uh, and Sean is so excited to see Chet. Like legitimately he looks elated. I started crying. Like oh. this was so hard. And Chet is like, oh, wh- why do you find yourself here? And that's when we found out it was actually, well, I... Alden already knew. That's how I found out it was the police station because Chet was arrested and Sean was arrested and they were both at the police station. But at least they were there together. Yep. How sweet. A family that gets arrested together. and Maybe we should try getting arrested together. Will it make us closer? You spit on my face earlier. <laughs> um, uh, Sean says, well, um, I went to go... Back, I went. I went back to go live with um, Uncle Mike, and it turns out his trailer wasn't there anymore. He left, and so a cop picked me up when I was sleeping in the park. Um, and Chet was arrested because he was driving and had too many parking tickets, and he left Reading. Yeah, but uh, they sit down at the police station, and um, Sean's just like. You're here. You're back now. He says, does that mean you found mom? And he says, I saw her a couple times, but she's slippery. Um, you know, she just needs some time to clear her head. Like, uh, I'll, I'll find her eventually after she clears her head. And Sean goes, Dad, it's been a year. And he goes, yeah, well, she's got a big head. Um, and Sean is like, okay, so what's next? And Chad is like, I'm going to go back to find her. And Sean's like, or... Uh, He says, like, there's nothing for me here. And Sean's like, I'm right in front of you. Yeah, again. My heart broke for Sean this entire episode just into little tiny fragmented pieces. Like, as he said, there's nothing for me here. I just like, So Alden's like vomiting and I'm just like. Crying. Bawling my eyes out. (laughs) I cry out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) Uh, Sean says, like, Dad, I need you. I need you here. And he says, no, you're better off with Mr. Turner. And he goes, no, I need my dad. And Chet is like, but I'm not a good one. He's like, yeah, but you are my dad. Like, so now Sean is spending 10 minutes convincing his dad to stay with him. Mm -hmm. It's awful. And then in comes... Mm, the sort of hero, but not like the real hero. The but, like, judge the... person? Oh, no. Well, the judge person what, or, or cop or somebody walks yeah. over and says, Hey, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Hunter, your your bail's been paid. And they look at the cop and Chet goes, Which one? And he goes, The little one. Um, there was also a moment, like they stood up and Sean asked for a hug and like they're hugging and Sean is just like, like melted i don't think they hugged yet they hugged after this i thought they hug when before mr turner comes in oh you're right because he says i'm about to do something i haven't done since you were a little boy oh yeah Uh, great chet and he said get a job (laughs) yeah that's true um and chet goes no i'm gonna give you a hug and Sean, like, melts. Yeah, and that's when the cop comes over. Um, and says that, that Sean got bailed out, and then Mr. Turner comes in, and he's like, Chet, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. 
And um, Sean's like, my dad is back. And Chet's like, I came back for my boy. Mm-hmm. And they talk for a couple minutes, but ultimately um, Chet says, like, I'm staying. So Sean has convinced his father to stay with him, as, you know, most children have to do with their parents. Right. Because that's just life. Yeah. And... Um, Chet's like, yeah, I'm staying. I'm here with Sean, and that's how it's going to be. And Jonathan is taken aback. Like, he's losing his kid. and um, A little bit. Yeah, he's, he, he's taken aback. He is, but he rolls with it. Yes, but there is some uh, hesitance there. But Sean says, like, hey, Dad, can can you leave us alone? I need to talk to, to John on my own. Uh, jo- uh, Jonathan says, hey... I, you know, I'm not even going to try to argue with you. I can see on your face, like, this is what you want. And you're very happy about this. And Sean's like, yeah, like, I get to be with my dad. And um, being with you has been great, but it's not permanent. It's not what what I need permanently. I owe you so much. And Jonathan says, I would do it again. Yeah. Like, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, and they shake hands. They shake hands and call each other each other's best friend. And it's very sweet. And I'm very sad to see that era of Sean living with Jonathan and being actually taken care of. I'm sad that it's over. Yeah. Um, so now we're at credit scene. Yes. Post credit scene it is. We're at Mr. Turner's apartment. Where Corey and Sean and uh, Chet are taking all of Sean's stuff out um, and they're talking about how he's moving back with his dad. And and Sean says, I'm, I'm going to do something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Corey, do you want to come over to my house for dinner? And Corey goes, who's cooking? And he says, you are, Cor. <laughs> I would also like to say, Corey was at Jonathan's apartment all the time. Yeah. He probably stayed for dinner. But I don't. But I think his point there was it wasn't his place. Right. It was Jonathan's place. He never felt like it was his place. Yeah. I, I'm really so I'm so torn about that whole thing because when he did live at the trailer park, when he did live with his parents, he consistently acted out and didn't feel at home there either. Right. No. So it's weird to me that that's how he's associating home. Like, I'm going home. I'm going to be at home. I don't... But we've... I mean, he's 15. Yeah. We've watched our own our own children as um, products of two different households struggle with that at times. Where you're like, wait a second. Last week you said something completely different. And now right. all of a sudden you're like, I miss my, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's just... If they're kids. Like, it's back and forth. So I don't... Right. I think he's just... As we've seen in the last several episodes, Sean's kind of in a funk and he thinks that it's because of his dad and he misses right. his dad. It's probably not that. He's probably just having a rough time, but his brain is assigning it to something. Yes. But the episode's over. The episode's over. How'd you feel well, about it? Well, first, Chet steals Mr. Turner's TV. Chet that was steals bad. Mr. Turner's TV. Yeah, that was a bad end. I could, and it was just like, ha 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 ha, this is so funny. Yeah. No, oh my gosh, he stole his TV. Yeah. He was just like, teachers shouldn't watch TV. Yeah. That was my chat voice. That's what you wanted me to do. Teachers didn't watch TV. <laughs> um, 
No, that was a bad end. Oh, uh, it was terrible. So, but that's the end of the episode. Tanya, how did you feel about it as um, a whole? It was so much feel. Like, I felt so much. Like, my heart still, it, like, is hurting. And I think it's just very close to home with a lot of things. And I feel comfortable being able to say that because, like, if... She still hasn't found a permanent place. <laughs> One, so my first thing is, is that I watch the boys struggle with not hearing from their dad. Right. They have a very wonderful home here. They have everything that they need and they have Alden here. But, like, they don't have their dad even calling them. He doesn't call them or anything. And for the most part, I am okay with that. I don't want him to be an influence on them, but I also struggle with wanting them to feel like they're loved and important. And that's why I want him to call them. Right. That's why I want him to reach out. That's why I want him to take them out to eat once this whole thing is over. Like I want that for them because I want them to feel as loved and important as they are like they are incredibly important and wonderful people and I don't want them to feel less than because the person who doesn't love himself doesn't know how to show that love to his children and that's what I see in Chet I think I said that when we did one of the other Chet episodes that like he strikes something in me that's very negative because of his nonchalance and his alcoholic tendencies and stuff that to me relates to how I've seen my kids get treated. Okay. I can tell that you think I've said too much, but it really doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. So, but how did you feel about the episode? <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. Like I felt hurt and sad over it um but do you think it was a good episode oh it was a very good episode i i struggle with feeling like they didn't handle things well because while they're like oh this is so sweet he's back with his dad they they wanted us to sort of triumph over the fact that sean was back with his dad sort of what's wrong i just remembered something what um, Who wrote this episode? This episode was directed by David Trainer, Megan Trainer's grandpa, and was written by Kevin Kelton. Who's Kevin Kelton? I don't know. He wrote another episode. It's okay. not the first time I've said that name. But that's why you stopped. KK Slider. <gasps> Animal Crossing. It all came full circle. It sure did. Anyways, how I felt about this episode. <laughs> um, I don't like that this portrayal of... Corey sitting down and talking to this man about why he should love his child and show love to his child. And then that child also sits down and is like, hey, love me, please love me, please, please, please love me. And then he's like, hey, sure, I'll stay. That is, that's the victory. Yeah. Um, and while Mr. Turner said everything wrong... He didn't mean to be wrong. Right. He doesn't know how to treat his child because he is not actually a dad, but he was doing all of the right things. He was doing all the right things, but I do think he was frustrated and didn't know how to handle it. Um, And at times he did see it as a burden. But who wouldn't? I don't know, but 
the things he said in this episode were so hurtful that it yes. it almost made you go, all right, whatever happens, happens. Cause but I think that sucks. was the point. They were like, oh, well, let's show this person who has taken this 15-year-old into his home. Things are not easy for either of them, but they've been working it out. But let's show him be disgruntled so that we feel happy that Sean is back with his dad. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't feel better about it, Sean being with his dad at all. Um, I'm not looking forward to that. No. But I do think, just from my recollection, and maybe I'm completely wrong, I feel like from here, for at least a little while, Sean is home with his family. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Yeah. Um... But you're right. Like, Mr. Turner's was a better place for him, probably. Um, But in all, like, all of this situation sucks for Sean. Yes. As the the 15-year-old boy who's grown up in this, um, this life has been his life for 15 years. And he's never felt important. And he's always felt kind of just shoved to the side. Yes. And... And never felt at home. This isn't going to fix that. Right. So it was sad to kind of realize that watching this episode. Right. Uh, Corey was amazing. Corey's fantastic in these episodes where he only has like eight lines and then... He became a realtor and it was just... uh, It was so good. Yes. I loved that. So that's how I felt about the episode. I I loved the episode. My heart broke though. So much. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? I thought it was very good. Um, It was hard to watch. I mean, and um, I think as a parent, it is so much harder to watch than it was as a kid. Yes. Um, Because as a parent, you're watching this child deal with things that he shouldn't have to deal with. And um, he's been a troubled kid and he's been a pain in the ass sometimes, but he doesn't deserve to feel like he's not wanted. Um, and, and to also watch him have to really put himself out there and say, why, please love me. Like, come on, I'm right here. What are you doing? Um, and most kids don't have the mental, um, uh, self-awareness to have that conversation with a parent. Like most kids just end up getting left behind because they don't realize that they have to be the the adult and step up and say, this is what I want. Most Mm -hmm. 15 year olds don't have that, the wherewithal to do that. So it was really hard watching that and realizing like how many kids are dealing with this on a regular basis. Um, And I mean, obviously to an extent, our own children have to deal with the same things sometimes, um, but they always have something there for them where they are wanted and they are, they are made sure to be told that they are wanted um, and, uh, Sean doesn't have that. Like he doesn't even have one place where he can feel like he's somewhere where he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as Mr. Turner's place has been for him, there've been multiple times in this season where it's been made clear that Sean is in the way. Mm-hmm. When Sean was at the Matthews, Alan made it very clear that Sean was in the way mm-hmm. all after Sean was made to feel in the way at his own house because his dad had to try to find his mom and his mom was always running off Mm -hmm. and his dad couldn't be in town or whatever. So 
it was hard to watch and enjoy, but there were some good moments of levity that made it fun. Corey being a realtor was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Eric getting bamboozled into being smart was wonderful. Oh, it was, that was really good. Um, but, and then to sandwich that all in with, with the heartbreak of watching Sean, but I didn't feel like it ended with me feeling good about it, which is what sucked. Yeah. But. Agreed. But I think as a kid. As a kid, I thought, hey, Sean got his dad back. We, both of us, while nothing is ever perfect, like no one is raised perfect. No one has a perfect childhood. That just doesn't exist. But I don't think that we would ever have understood how sad it was. No. For Sean to not be wanted anywhere because we were at least wanted somewhere. Like, right. we were very privileged, both of us, to have steady homes for most of our lives, like, that we lived in for almost our entire, like, childhood and teen years. That was the house that we lived in. And yeah. our parents are far from perfect, but they still love us and want us, and we are in our mid-30s. Like... As children, we would have no capacity to relate to what Sean was going through. So the emotional value of it was lost on us. Yeah, no, I I think very, very obviously, like I watched this episode and I watched all this stuff happen with Sean and I, I, I had the wherewithal to know, ooh, that sucks. But it was, that's as far as it went for me. Like it mm-hmm. was like, ooh, that sucks, Sean. Yeah. But, but as now an, as yeah. a parent. Yeah. Oh, I just, I'm one of those people I want to, I want to take in every kid all the time. Like, yeah, always. Yes. And this, I was just like, no child should ever feel unwanted. Right. And every child should have a place that they feel at home and comfortable in. Right. So that was hard, but. So that's how I feel about the episode. <laughs> and me. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I guess that's about it. Please let us know how you felt about the episode. Um, let us know too, like if, if you had a different circumstance growing up, like, did you watch this as a kid and it hit you differently than it hit us? Um, because I would imagine that any kid who's gone through anything similar or, or maybe even was the, the product of a split household, like understood this far differently than we did. Mm -hmm. Um, because our parents, at least when we watched this episode, we're, we're together. Right. Um, and it, that part didn't even like that was so foreign right um but let us know you can do that on twitter by tweeting us at bmg and bmw or email us at bmg and bmw at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook or instagram or uh tiktok Nope, we, we do not have a TikTok. <laughs> we do not, and we will not. Nope, uh-uh. I am not going to be one of those parents that jumps on TikTok just because I'm bored. You don't want to, like, do quarantine dances? No, thank you. I don't <sighs> even want to watch them. Oh, me either. We are so great together. I'm very glad to feel at home with you. I'm very glad you feel at home with me. In, Thanks. In, in, my, in my home. <laughs> um... Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Tanya, before we go? Um, no. 
just we do want to hear from you. We understand if you guys are like stressed out and busy or whatever and don't have the like emotional or mental capacity to like reach out to us. That's fine. But if you do, like we are open to you contacting us. So please do. Yeah, um, we, we I as we're going to say now and and forever, like we hope you're staying safe. Be smart. Be be safe with yourself and with others. Wash your hands thoroughly. Don't go out if you don't have to. Stay at home. Wear masks. Wear masks. I didn't even talk about my masks. Oh, Guys, talk about class, your masks. Real quick, before we go, and no one's going to hear this. Everyone's already turned it off because we started doing the goodbye stuff. But You haven't played the music yet. Alden. It's playing right now. Alden has already talked about how like when we like things, we want all of it. So <laughs> here true. we go. Yeah. Uh, so we got masks made by Tanya's friend at work. Mm-hmm. Mine is a Spider-Man mask. Um, and she makes really cool masks and she makes some really cool, like Corona things. Like she made this thing called a Corona claw, um, that you can use instead of actually like opening a door with your hand, you can like reach out and open the door with this thing. And, um, I think her, her Etsy and her Instagram is polygon 3d prints because she does 3d printing and her, um, logo is like a, a polar bear. It's like purple and stuff. So if you need a mask or you need anything, like contact her. She's amazing. Polygon 3D prints. Without, I didn't know that she even had an Etsy. So I, that's not where I thought this was going. That's the only reason you wanted me to talk about this. You no, go. Plug. No. All right. No, so ahead. I, my, one of my friends came to me at work the other day and he said he ordered his own like, well, he ordered a few like nice masks. One is a Totoro face um, you didn't tell me about that he one. He wanted to order a Pikachu. He couldn't decide between Pikachu face and Totoro face. Um, he went with Totoro. I told him he should get Pikachu, but whatever. What um, website is this? Do they have a Calcifer face? I'll ask I him. I want that. I'll ask him. Um, but he also mentioned another uh, mask he got on a website, and he says this website is run by the guy who played Rufio in Hook. And I went... Oh, well, does he have a does he have a mask that says like Rufio on it? And he goes, no, but there is a mask that says Bangarang. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <gasps> Are you telling me the truth? And he said, you have to put an explicit thing on our podcast again. It's always been there. Really? And yeah. And he says, yeah, like kind of shocked. Like, why are you acting like this? And I was like, is there a Bangarang mask or are you messing with me? Because if there is, I'm ordering one. I want it so bad. And he goes, are you being serious? Yeah, there's a Bangarang mask. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm literally like, I had the website up as we're talking and I was clicking on it. And I was like, I am ordering it right now. And he goes, order two, I'll give you $25. Uh, <laughs> it makes me so happy to see you happy about something. And I'd been having a bad day. Like I had a bad night the night before and I slept poorly and I came in in a bad mood. And I told him, I was like, man, last night sucked. I came home. And had a rough night, and he uh, he's, he was just like, I'm so glad you found something to make you this excited. And I really did. Like, I was just so happy about this Bangarang mask. And now I want all the designer masks. They have another mask on this site that has, like, a bear nose and mouth. And I thought it would be funny because my last name is Bear. And it's not all of our last names, but... It's my last name, so I thought we could get five of them and be the Bear family. 
That'd be cute. It'd be adorable. And that website, is that the website that will donate one? Yes. So every mask that you buy, they'll donate one to people in need. I will say, this is one obsession. I'm going to have to be like, all right, hold your horses. Don't buy all the masks because other people need masks and they can't. Like, yeah. I've... But I understand that if it weren't such a necessity right now, that is how this would go, is he would get all of the masks. Yeah, there were like five or six on that website that I wanted. And then that led me down the rabbit hole and found other websites with masks. And um, it's it's hard to find masks right now. So there are a lot of people like um, being helpful out there mm-hmm. who are making their own masks right. and selling them. And these have a slot for... Um, the uh, cotton filter. The filters in it. And I don't know. It's just really cool. I just, I'm so excited about my Bangarang mask. Anyway. All right. That's going to do it for us, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Um, so thank you for joining us once again. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, get a Bangarang mask. <laughs> this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 20. Class dismissed.